This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I don't care what it looks like outside. I don't care how brutal it is in your car right now. You're doing your honey-do list. Driving the kids to soccer, to track. I'm guessing there's not going to be any baseball or softball today. But right now, for the next two hours, it is a sunny day. Yes, good choice. Good choice by Ed Bankin. So Ed Bankin, Phil Jackson, myself, Rob Ellis, were sitting around before the show. I said, you know what? We need something to get us out of this rain mode. This is like Seattle slash England. We need to get out of this. And I'll get to England in a second. But we need to get out of this. We need to be sunny. It's Saturday morning. Let's get up. Let's get excited to kick off our weekend. And we thought, what better way than Sesame Street? Than the Count, Oscar the Grouch, Big Bird, Snuffleupagus, and us with you today. And happy to be with you. I am Rob Ellis sitting in for Howard asking. We're actually going to hear from Howard at about 820. He, he is... Uh, undertaking something that's really, really awesome. The Eagles Autism Challenge is today. So Howard's involved in that. And we'll get all the details and how you can help out with that because it's it benefits a lot of great charities, organizations, et cetera. So we'll get into that with Howard around 820. But uh, I'm excited to be with you for the next couple hours, leading you in to Glenn Macnow and Ray Didinger. But I always loved Saturday morning sports talk had the opportunity to do it a lot in my first go-round with WIP when I would do uh, 10 to 1 or 2 with Ray at Delaware Park, where Glenn is today. Glenn at that time was doing the afternoons, and Saturday would be his day off during football season. So I got a chance to sit in with Ray on those Saturdays. But I always found that just as a listener to be a really good sports day because you are out and about. You are doing things. You are running around, trying to get things done. For whatever re- whatever the circumstances, people may be getting ready for the uh, for the race a little bit later today, but certainly sports and errands, and this is a big time. So there's a, I want you to be involved today in the show because we have a lot to get to today. That's for sure. So a couple things, man. I I think we we've we need to dig a little bit deeper into the Phillies and what's going on with the Phillies. And I got a lot of Eagles and a lot of Sixers and a lot of Phillies and, and things that I just don't get based off of the Royal Wedding today, which we'll, I'll get into in a second. But, look, last night was a clunker. Last night was an ugly game for the Phillies. They go down, they get beat up pretty good by St. Louis. Clearly, Jake Arrieta was not on his game, didn't have his, his, his A game. But that's really been the exception rather than the norm with this team. They're off to an unbelievable start. And I think once the Sixers season ended, people started maybe focusing a little bit more on this Phillies team, or at least I hope they have. And if you haven't, you're missing a pretty good product with the way that they're playing. And I think they've surprised some. I didn't think they'd be off to this good a start. I thought they had a chance to compete 
for a wild card if everything went right pitching-wise? You figured you had Arietta, you had Nola, you're pretty good one-two. But you get beyond that, it was really shaky. And pleasantly surprised with, with what they've gotten from Velasquez, Pavetta has been really good, and Zach Eflin has just been a completely different pitcher, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he's finally healthy. He's had a lot of issues, including double knee surgery for a young guy, which is always scary. But he's healthy now. Velasquez, look, I I still need more before I'm fully buying in. But we all knew the stuff was there if it ever clicked in in his head. And he figured out a way to get out of jams, get out of missed calls, errors, things going poorly. And I think he's starting to figure it out. And this team really has a a shot to compete. You look around at the division, Washington has not gotten off to the start that they thought they would get off to. Atlanta's, uh, you know, a a good team. Their lineup, they're young and going to be good for a long time. The Mets, eh. The Marlins stink. They could certainly be in this for the division or the wild card. And really, this is without Reese Hoskins tearing it up. Santana got off to a slow start. He's found it. He certainly found his stroke. Herrera is, again, we're, we're talking about mid to late May right now, May 19th. But Herrera at May 19th is in a discussion for MVP. I mean, there's a lot to like about what's going on with this team. But the question I have for you is, there was a lot of heat that came down on the manager. Because let's face it, he's out of the box a little bit. And there was a lot that came down on him, mostly because of that Atlanta series. But just be, I think in general, because people aren't really thrilled or comfortable with things that are a little bit out of the norm, especially when it comes to a game like baseball, where we're so, I I think in a lot of ways, set, you know, back in the Stone Age. But this guy in this front office are willing to do things a little bit differently when it comes to analytics, et cetera. And there are still some things that I'm not nuts about. I didn't like the other day in Baltimore. When he yanks Ramos and, and puts in Nearest, I, I didn't love that. But I can, I can live with that because the good far outweighs the bad. It's sort of like Adubal Herrera. If you look at the way the Phillies have been positioned in the field, you see them with their little cards, and you see some of the extremes that they go to with shifts and moving guys in and out. If you look at it, the large majority of them have paid off. And you look at the way he's handled the lineup. I know some people aren't in love with the way Nick Williams hasn't been used as much. But if you look at this lineup, for the most part, he's getting production. I wonder if people have come around a little bit on the manager. Because there were some staunch feelings on him out of the box. People wanted him fired. This will never work. These players are going to turn on him. Now all of a sudden you look at where this Phillies team is. Doing a pretty good job so far, considering not many of us thought it would be here. That's one of the things I want to kick around today is, have you, has your stance shifted at all? Have you moved at all on the manager? And are you buying into this team? So we do have a lot of Phillies to discuss today. Sixers-wise, I'll say it, I've said it before, I'll say it again. The more I watch this Celtic team, the more concerned I get. 
I see a team that's young, really good, really smart, and really well coached. And they still don't have Kyrie Irving or Gordon Hayward. And they're set up very nicely going forward, not from a cap standpoint, but from a draft pick standpoint. And I look at the Sixers, who are certainly a team on the rise, on the come. But I also see a team that needs more ammunition, that needs more talent. Yes, Embiid. Yes, Simmons. Yes, Sharch. If, if, you know, certainly maybe not to that level, but a very good player in his own right. And then it's guys like J.J. Redick and sort of fill in the blank. And the giant question mark is Markel Fultz. Fultz can change this equation by himself if he becomes the guy that they traded up for to take number one overall. But either way, I'm not taking that risk. Because right now, I don't know what Markel Fultz is. I don't know where he is mentally. I don't know if he's strong enough mentally to be a Jason Tatum type, to want to be a killer out there. Because I know he was scared this whole year. But I also realize he's 19. And not all 19s are built the same. Now, I could give him a a bit of a pass this year. But for me, the free pass in terms of being scared to be out there goes out the window this offseason. He needs to be better. He needs to be ready. He needs to want it. And he also needs to, to improve his game and diversify his game. But they need more. This is why I don't understand the, I don't want LeBron, I don't want Kawhi, I don't get it at all. If you can get them, if you can get top five, top ten, in LeBron's case, best player in the world, you get them. And I don't mean by trading Embiid and Simmons. But if you can get those guys, in in Kawhi's case, you're going to have to make a deal. LeBron, you could sign him if he opts out. If you can get them, you need to get them. Because guess what? You're not good enough to beat the Celtics. You don't want to have to go through this whole process, right, and get to the point where you get to an Eastern Conference Finals and you can't get past Boston. You don't want that. Now, these guys on the Sixers are going to get better. I'm not telling you this is the ceiling for them. And Bede's going to get better. Simmons is going to get better. Hopefully, Fultz is going to get better. But so are the Celtics players. And that coach isn't going anywhere. So we'll get into some Sixers too. But I do need to touch on the Eagles. And and one sort of recurring theme that's come up the last couple of weeks. Now it started with Jason Kelsey. And really, Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson are the two that we've, we've heard from the most the last couple of weeks in varying platforms. Lane Johnson on... Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast, and then Jason Kelsey on Good Morning Football for the NFL Network. But both sort of playing the, the, the underdog disrespect card. And I think the Eagles did it brilliantly last year. I really do. Everybody virtually nationally wrote them off when Carson Wentz went down. And, and in a lot of cases locally. And I will tell you, I had my doubts about Nick. I thought when Carson Wentz went down, this team could win a playoff game or two possibly. I didn't think they could win a Super Bowl. So I'll put myself in that category too. This is not me, oh, look at the media. I had my doubts. 
But the Eagles all along, and I think Doug Peterson did this brilliantly, and I think the players did it brilliantly, really played that underdog card up big time. So you heard Lane Johnson come out this week and say, Patriots owner disrespected us. The Patriots coach disrespected us, talking trash. Jason Kelsey, the national media is still not giving us the love that we should get. Is that the case? I guess that's my question. I don't feel like the Eagles aren't getting their due. Number one. And number two, can you play this card two years in a row? I mean, can you can you really? I, I guess the ultimate qu- answer to it is, hell yeah, if it motivates the people inside the locker room, I guess. But are you really buying that? I know we have the ultimate sort of inferiority complex here in Philadelphia. Like, we always think we're being disrespected. We always think we're overlooked. Whether it's New York or Washington or, in in a lot of cases, sports-wise, Boston. You know, you lose to the Celtics. You take on the Patriots. You lost to them in the Super Bowl in in 39. But you avenge that in 52. But we still hate Boston, too. But we think of ourselves in that way. But does this work two years in a row for this team? I don't know. It, it's, it just kind of struck me. I know a lot of people say, hey, man, Flex, you won. You won. Say whatever you want. Do whatever you want. This is your time to shine. And I think there's some validity to that. But I also wonder if you can keep going to that well. All right, so we'll kick that around. And the other thing I, I do need to touch on quickly, because it's already gone down. I know people were up there having viewing parties at, at, at 3 a.m. getting ready for this thing. The royal wedding. Now, let me just say, they look like a really cool couple. Meghan Markle, Prince Harry. She seems awesome. He seems like the real deal. He's out there doing unbelievable stuff to help the world. And she seems like an absolute joy from what I've seen. But I have never, ever, from the time I was a little kid, and Harry's mother, Diana, got married to Charles, I've never understood Americans' fascination with royalty. I don't get it. People born into privilege with this over-the-top, ostentatious, ridiculous wedding. Why do you care? I get it in England. But why do we care here? And I I, I don't even know if this applies to anybody in our audience, because I'm, I'm sure a lot of men are out there having the same feelings I do. But if somebody can explain this to me, I'd love to hear it as a side. Because I, I really have never, ever gotten why we care what they do. I know this is a little bit different. Yeah, she's American. She's a person. She's biracial. I get it. I get that part of it. That it's a little bit different than what we usually see. But I don't understand how, like every, every network, we have to have coverage to, uh, on this. And I guess there may be a lot of women out there who are saying, with the way you guys obsess over sports, give me this at least. I hear you. I'm just telling you I don't get it at all. 888-729-9494. 888-729-9494. We'll kick it off Phillies, mixed in a little Sixers-Eagles. We always like to keep it open for you here on a Saturday morning. So to recap everything that went down this week, the focal point being the Phillies now that everybody else is done at this point, waiting for the Eagles to get started. But... I'll tell you what, you know, we always say with the Phillies, just keep it interesting until July. Well, they're they're keeping it very, very interesting right now in May, and I think it's going to sustain 
for the season. I think a lot of it has to do with the manager, but we'll talk about it. 888-729-9494. We'll come back. Your phone calls. We'll also hear from Howard Eskin and what he's got going on today, which is very, very cool. I am Rob Ellis, 94 WIP. Yeah, baby. It is always sunny in Philadelphia. Welcome back, everybody. Rob Ellis with you. Sitting in for Howard Eskin. Thrilled to be back with my man, Phil Jackson. Phil and I, in another lifetime, used to do a lot of shows together, but I'm happy to be back with Phil. It's always good to see him. Now, speaking of Howard, we need to find out what he's up to today because there are varying reports. I'm getting tweets that Howard may have given away the bride, since he is the king, given away the bride today over in England. Now, Howard, let's dispel this or, or get, get, get some truth to this. Is that what's happening right now? Is that why you're not here? I gave it away. I gave it away. I gave her away. It away? Week. You gave it away? Yeah, I'm sorry. I gave her away last week. But uh, I got more important things to do than a royal wedding uh, this morning. Uh, and you just said it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, it's sunny today, even though it looks like it's raining outside. And I am riding my bike, uh, and it's a beautiful bike. I put it up on Twitter. It's a customized bike that uh, was made up for me with pictures, sayings, the king on there, all kinds of good stuff. But more importantly, Rob, and and this is uh, where I've been through an amazing, I'd say, couple of months uh, being a part, getting ready for the ride, which I did. Right. But more importantly, and, uh, I mean, it was – really a great awareness by me uh, to understand how many families are affected by autism. So I'm writing, and it's the first one for the Eagles, the Eagles Autism Challenge, and it's a bike ride. And I tried to raise money, which uh, I'm the leader, so I am the champion of raising money, but everybody is the champion. All the people out there that donated, uh, Rob, I don't know if you heard Larry Fitzgerald made a generous donation to, to my uh, bike ride. That's awesome. Mike Trout made a generous donation. Uh, a couple of Sixers owners made generous don- donation. The Flyers made a generous donation. But that wasn't the bulk of it. It was the people. And I- I've been made so aware, last night there was a pre-party, of all the families that are affected by this, whether it's their children uh, that are on the spectrum or whether families they know or relatives. I have a nephew uh, in that uh, situation. So uh, my brother, uh, his, and he's done great with, uh, I mean, great. He's done phenomenal with help from Children's Hospital. And every penny goes to either Children's Hospital, Jefferson Research, or Drexel has a program as well. But it, it's, hey, listen, I'm going to have fun today, even though I'm going to do 15 miles, and I'm going to do it in the rain, okay. and it's going to be fine. Uh, and I'm going to see people out on the on the route, but the awareness that I have uh, really, really learned about uh, and appreciated what people go through and how appreciative they are. I can't tell you how many people. Thanks for raising all that money. Well, it's not me. It's the people. It's the, it's the people that listen to this show. It's the people that listen to WIP. It's the people that really understand how important this is and i'll tell you what i'm going to do this morning rob uh anybody that and really when i come back from the ride i hope to see donations it's on my twitter it's on facebook the link to make donations to my link anybody that donates this morning i will match that donation that they make this morning 
Whatever is made this morning, I will match it. So I'm hoping I can get some people to donate. But it's a, hey, listen, I'm going to have fun, but I'm having fun for something that's really, really important to a lot of people. Jeffrey Lurie's brother uh, is on the spectrum as well, so obviously he's close to it. it. There's so many people out there that I, I never, ever, ever imagined how many people and families are affected by this. Yeah, so, Howard, let me, let me give you numbers. I mean, this is incredible when you think about it. One in 68 American children are on the autism spectrum, specifically estimated one in 42 boys, one in 189 girls in the U.S. So uh, just, just to give people some insight of how you know, how important this is, what you're doing. So I, I just want to put and, that and out. And, you know, I, I saw a piece on it was CBS Sunday Morning, which is they really do some good, really good pieces on that show. It was on uh, people, kids that have grown up and not only have productive lives, management positions in the workplace and have had very uh, productive lives, uh, probably just as productive as yours and mine. And it's amazing the help uh, with research uh, that, that, that can happen. But it's like anything in this country. It takes a little bit of us to help other people, and donations certainly help. I had somebody from Children's Hospital came up. Thank you so much. I said, you don't have to thank me. It's the people out there that really understand. I had a there was I got a tweet last night, uh, and I remember him too. Uh, Keith Green, who was an intern at the Sixers, he worked with and then he worked with the Sixers. He says, remember me from 20 years ago. I saw the picture, and I absolutely do. And he has a son that's on the spectrum of autism. So it's just it's amazing how many people that you don't even realize it, uh, and what's what we're all doing today is going to help everybody. Yeah, no question. The players, the alumni, and there'll be some players out there. Uh, it's really kind of uh, it's a cool event but it's a cool event for the right reason. And today, Rob, it is sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> Please, Howard, tell me you're not wearing biker shorts or anything. What, what do we have? What's the outfit? Because yeah, yeah, no, I know no, you no, always I, dress I to the nines. Wait a minute. I'm layered up underneath, but I got the biking um, uh, jersey, I guess it is. Okay, I'm not worried I about got, the jersey. It's the, it's the, the, it's the lower body. Leg, I got the three-quarter leg biking pants. Oh, no. So, a little, so there's still some of my leg that's showing. Oh. I have purple vans because part of the bike was customized with the color purple so i got purple vans to ride in because i you know me i got to be fashionable powered in vans I, I need, hold it howard you got i need a full visual of this all right you got to get you got to tweet out a picture man <laughs> okay i'll get somebody to tweet out the picture all right uh, it, it's just actually one of the guys from the eagles took a picture i'll uh, anthony bonagoro I know Anthony. His, his eyes are, are now hurting him right now, but that's okay. Okay, you know what? Maybe you can do that because I'm going to get ready for my ride. Uh, you have Anthony's number? We'll take care of that. We'll get that done. Yeah. Ask him to tweet it out because he took some pictures this morning. He sent it up to Buffalo to Derek Boyko, who, by the way, <laughs> Derek and uh, Sean McDermott both donated. Andy Reid donated. Jason Worth donated. So it, it's just so many people recognize how important this is. But again, it's it, most of the donations have come from from our listeners, Rob, and yeah. it's really really a great thing. Uh, my son is going to do the five k. Uh, your boss, my son, uh, <laughs> he's going to smoke you, by the way. But we'll we'll see yeah, how it goes. Okay, yeah, he's going to smoke me. Smoke this. Uh, <laughs> it's just, <laughs> but, uh, it's all going to be fun, and uh, I'm going to come back a little wet, but I'm going to come back with a sense of appreciation and satisfaction. Uh, for what everybody's done today. So, again, 
if people donate, and they can find me on uh, my link on Twitter and Facebook, if they donate, I will match every donation when I come back from the bike ride. I will match every one of them. I'll retweet uh, that out for you, Howard, where you, where okay. you have it. So we'll, we'll, we'll get right. that done so people can find it with, on my Twitter handle as well. You're at Howard okay. Eskin. You can find that right there. Fundraisers.hakuapp.com, but I'll, I'll retweet that out also. Yeah, there's a link. You can you probably copy the link off my Twitter, Rob, if, yeah. if you would be kind enough to you got put it. it out there, too. Easy enough. All right. All right, genius. Well, you have a good time this morning. I can't wait. Uh, Purple vans, is, Howard. Yeah, I got vans on. Purple vans. Yeah, we'll take care of you. I mean, we'll get we'll get LeBron <laughs> here, and you'll be good to go, Howard. That's hey, all Le- we need. I don't want LeBron. I don't want LeBron. <laughs> and the Sixers, as long as the Celtics are who they are right now, my gosh, uh, it's scary. Got, it's they scary. Got a big hill to climb. They yeah, they sure do. do. They, they do. sure do. Howard, hey, go Rob. get him, man. Go get him. Uh, Keep up the good hey, work. All right. Th- thanks. It was great talking to you. Thanks, Rob. You got it. That's Howard Eskin. And, and really, seriously, you know, we, we get on each other a lot, Howard and I do, at all the varying uh, media gatherings. But a very, very charitable guy and doing an awesome thing today. And you, you got you to gotta, gotta get a glimpse of this. I, he, Howard in purple vans is just a, a sight to be seen. That's for sure. All right. Let's kick it off with Mike. Mike in Westchester wants to talk a little Phils and Sixers. Mike, you're on 94 WIP. Hey, good morning, Rob. Mike, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Good. Hey, uh, you know, I, I felt work, and I was watching the wedding. <laughs> you you watch this thing? I think I think Harry's cool, man. I think, he's, he's, I think Harry's like a cool dude too. But I don't get our obsession as Americans with this. Explain it to me. I I, I need some. No, I don't have an obsession with it. I think it's something to watch. It's a spectacle, man. Have you, just, you ever see a wedding like this in this country? I never. That's why it's it's something it's something people want to see. Now I would not go over there. Now if I was from. England, that would be something I'd be, you know, more excited. That's, I, I get it from England. I don't get it from us. Well, now it's a little different because she is American. No, I know. I and I like I said. I think Harry, Harry, Harry walks the walk, and, he, and he, he's a cool dude, and all that kind of stuff. And and she's unbelievable. She's stunning. He's like it's like his mom was, you know, just like say, you know, but. I think it's it's really cool that it's. Uh, I just thought it was really neat to see it. So I'm not. Okay. I, I'm not like you know dressed up or drinking stuff or eating food or anything. I just just watched it for watch sake. It was just a it's a it's a nice ceremony. It was like I got you. It's amazing how that brought that country together. That'd be good something for the world to think about to bring people together, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. So what but, uh, what, what do you want to talk about Phillies wise? Uh, I think uh yes to answer a question about Kapler. I mean, I wasn't one of those people that were like one of them fired up the first three days. Right. He, he's really come into his own and um you know, he's not overmanaging. I think that was uh, right. his own staff helped him with that. And he's done a great – I mean, how could you hey, – and to Bob Brookover wrote a column, and I think it was on CBSSports.com, the Phillies are one of the best teams in baseball, and it is not a joke. They are. They're getting – Nick Favetta is the second-best pitcher in this staff right now. Is that unbelievable we're saying Well, that? yeah, I mean, Pavetta's uh, – he, he's really – He's up and down a little bit, but I, I'm Not seeing like last year. we're seeing signs from him, from Velasquez, certainly from Eflin, and it's been a shorter yeah. sample size from him. But if you can get that bottom three to pitch the way that they've pitched with six their, 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 their top two, it's amazing. Six innings. I mean, that bullpen is actually with Sir Anthony, with uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez, and they, they've got a pretty good bullpen. And I think it's going to get better when you add Nishak. I mean, this team might be. I think to me, they're a Absolute, absolute uh, threat for the wild card, and I think they're going to go out and get a pitcher, and it might be Cole Hamels. Uh, it's not out of the question. Yeah, I mean, because look, I mean, I like I, I like their the lineup. Hoskins is kind of slumping, but he can look at his own base percent. People look don't look at that, see how well that she's getting on base. 
that's the key. He's not hitting like he tearing up, tearing the cover off the ball. When you're getting on base at a clip over 400, yeah, that is. And Odubel Herrera is. I don't care. I don't care what anybody says. Odubel Herrera is one of the top five players in baseball. No question. Can you can you deny it? No, I mean, I, 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 Mike, I wrote a piece. Uh, you maybe three weeks ago, a month ago, yeah. NBC Sports Philadelphia.com saying, look, he's going to occasionally have his bonehead sure at moments. Is. However, that just, just pales in comparison to the good that this guy does. Not only hitting wise, he's, he's starting to be more selective at the plate. He's become an excellent fielder. He has Absolutely. the catch of the year where he went into the trees and bushes and pulled he's one back base, in. His own base percentage is, is much improved. Yeah. It's almost like the spike that it was a couple of years ago. He, he's but, a model of consistency, man. He is. But here's a cool thing. You know that streak he's got the on base percentage? Yeah. There's three guys that are in there, very maligned by fans, and, and I don't understand why they get Bobby Abreu, Jimmy Rollins, and, and Jimmy Rollins is one of the best players this franchise no ever doubt. have. No I'm doubt. Getting, I get tired of that nonsense. We didn't run a ball out. You know how many players in Major League Baseball don't do that? No. I, I Listen, I, Mike, and thanks, buddy. Ha, have you. a good Saturday, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, the, the Jimmy thing, look, we, we all know. He was, to me, he was the straw that stirred the drink from 2007 to 11 during that stretch. That, that I, I've been on record as saying that forever. Bobby Abreu would drive you crazy occasionally whether he was allergic to, to getting near a fence, that kind of thing, in right field. I get that a little bit more. I don't even put Jimmy Rollins in the same category, and I know Abreu put up good numbers. But what Herrera is doing, I think people really need to start recognizing a little bit more. But more importantly, Mike touched on something I thought that was really, really you know, a good point. My concern with Kapler was that he was going to be strictly a numbers guy, strictly looking at his charts, strictly just, just going by a slave to analytics, if you will. But that hasn't been the case. There has been feel moments that I've seen from him that you need from a manager where you go with your gut, not just with what the numbers say. And to me, that's the perfect blend. That's exactly what you want. You want advanced statistics. You want to know every possible outcome or probability. You want that. The last thing you want to do is be in the dark like the Phillies were for too long with this. And that's one of the big mistakes Ruben Amaro Jr. made. Waiting too long to come around on this. And now, you know, they're, they're a leader in the field. However, you don't want everything to just be by the numbers. You have to know, have a sense of your guy, their guy, what's happening in the game. And I think we've seen a nice mix of that. Let's go to Mac and Broomall. Mac, you're on 94 WIP. Hey, Rob. Thanks for uh, taking my call. What's up, Mac? Yeah. In light of, in light of the, the atmosphere about doing good and everything and uh, – Appreciate what Howard Howard Eskins is doing, but uh, something that that's—I don't know if it's me, but but I but I think it. I see it when they won the Super Bowl, and of course I was watching it at my daughter's place. I was on the on the couch, on the floor, on the couch when they couldn't when they get when they gave the Patriots the ball again. I thought, man, it has to be interesting, doesn't it? Yeah, right. And I mean, it, it it was setting up as the ultimate heartbreak. It yeah, really yeah. was Brady with the ball, two thirty-five left. You know, whatever, yeah. needing a touchdown, and yeah. and, and I'm and I'm saying they couldn't they couldn't just you know. Then on that one, they almost got him in the end zone, really close there, and then missed him. Right. But they won it. And then here's the, here's the point: two or at least three players, starting at the you know even the coach. I like to give praise to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and then and then uh, Nick Foles. And did you read the article about him in the uh, – it was in the Sports Illustrated, 
it has him on the front cover uh, catching the Philly Philly. Yeah, know, after play. the Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, how he was he was going to get a, and this is what I told your call screener how he's how he was in a uh, fishing in a uh, in a stream somewhere in, in some va- in some gorge in California. I would like to go find it myself. Okay. Fly fishing, casting the rising trout. And he was going to get out of football and and uh, and all that, and then and then go join his dad in the ministry, and then and then he got a call when he came out from Andy Reid saying he still got more football left, and right. then of course, right. we all know the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing: my brother, who's more, I guess, outgoing than I am as far as you know, outreaching people for the Lord and everything, he's been telling everybody the Lord's going to bless them; they're going to do it because they 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 believe. And it's not just something they wear on their shirt sleeves. It's real. No, and, and you're right. I, and, and Nick Foles, and, and in particular, I'll just point two guys out. Carson Wentz are guys who, who are, you know, walk the walk when it comes to that. Right. 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 And, and, it's, and it's nice when it, it just, it's, it shouldn't surprise me because that's what it says. It's going to, you know, he's going to, the Lord's going to get ignored. But I was. No, I, I think, Mac, here's what happens, man. And thanks for the call. I think what happens a lot of times. We like it's like anything else. Sports are a reflection of of life and the way sort of news is viewed, and whether it's you know the TMZ or the Insider or whatever. A lot of times we want to point out the negative and the bad, or this guy got arrested, or this guy did this. Well, guess what? the The bad guys are usually the minority when it comes to this. The good guys are the majority in sports. There are a lot more good than bad. Okay, and this Eagles team is a great example of that. There are a lot more. That locker room is littered with guys who care about not only the game, but the community that they live in, the people that they represent, and trying to make life better for folks around them. I mean, that, that's just the truth. I'm, I'm telling you, I've covered teams where that wasn't the case, where guys were, were in it for themselves, strictly. And that's why you feel good about this team going forward. 888-729-9494. Right, a couple things. I'll, I'll share a story with you about Super Bowl Sunday that I, I've had an amazing amount of people had the same sort of reaction or feel that I had. And, and one, of, one of the people I talked to last night, similar, I'll, I'll share that when we get back, 888-729-9494. But we're talking about the Phillies and the way that they've played thus far more than a, a quarter of a way into the season and whether or not you've changed your stance. Let's be honest here. Whether or not you've changed your stance on Gabe Kapler, and I get it back to the Sixers where they need they need a lot more ammunition when you look at how good this Boston team is and the Eagles still playing that underdog card. Can you go to that well once too often? Can they do it again this year like they did it last year? 888-729-9494. And the Royal Wedding fits under the category for me of things I don't get. Share with me something you don't get. Rob Ellis with you till 10, 94 WIP. Yes, as I look out on Market Street right now, I think we all feel like we're walking on sunshine. It's just one of those days. We're not going to let Mother Nature beat us down. I don't care what's gone down the last few days. My daughter is, has a track meet today. So she's, <laughs> she's there already, and she's going to be running all day in this. But you know what? We're here to provide you with sunshine. 
That's what Ed Benkin does. That's what Phil Jackson, my producer, does. And that's what my mission is today, provide you with sunshine. We're, we're, gonna, we're just going to push the clouds and the precipitation away and give you a little respite from it. By the way, unbelievable when you look at what's going on with the playoffs. Let's start with the NHL for a second. Vegas is now up 3-1. Vegas is one win away from playing in the Stanley Cup final. I mean, the other series has turned out to be a really good series. Washington and Tampa, it's 2-2, and they're back at it tonight. But I wonder, you know, my, my thought was when I watched it, first of all, it's a great story. And when you consider some of the events that have gone down in our, our country yesterday, you know, again, tragedy in Santa Fe, Texas, and what happened not all that long ago in Las Vegas, I think, I think it's a pretty cool thing what Vegas is doing. From a hockey standpoint, just to, to put people's minds at ease a little bit and give them a little something uh, to root for in that area. And, and certainly it's been an unbelievable story. But I wonder, from a Flyers fan standpoint, if they don't look at that and see this sort of quick, really straight shot to a Stanley Cup, at least final, for a team that was an expansion team, and it's a slow, slow, deliberate buildup here in Philadelphia once again. And we still don't know, at least going into next year, what the situation is going to be at, you know, be like in goalie in, in the in the net. Carter Hart's close. I don't think he's close enough. But we saw again this year that this was an issue. So uh, unbelievable series there. An unbelievable season for Vegas. I, I think the most underplayed sports story the entire year, by the way, of anything. And then the NBA, look, I think Cleveland gets one tonight. But I think Boston puts them away in five. It's just so difficult to have to do everything yourself. And that's what LeBron has to do. Every single time. There is a never, ever a non-stressful trip down the floor for Cleveland when they have the ball for him. He's either handling, passing it, or shooting it. All the time. There's never a break. And he's like superhuman. But to ask anybody to do that and to get so little from your supporting cast, it's a really hard thing, especially when the other team, Boston, plays like a team, defensively, offensively. It's going to be very difficult for Cleveland. I I think Boston beats them in five. I thought Boston would beat them in six before the series started. And I gave two games just because it's LeBron. But I think Boston wins that series. And out west, we do have a series. I think Golden State bounces back tomorrow. I think Steph plays a lot better. But they're going to keep attacking him on, on defense. And I think this one goes deeper than the East goes, but I think ultimately Golden State prevails. But I think it's going to be a good series. Let's go to Beaver in Upper Darby. Beaver, you're on 94 WIP. Hey, Bobby, how you doing, buddy? Beaver, what's up, man? Well, how you doing, man? Good Great. to hear you, boys, again. What's happening? Long time, no talk. What's going on, dude? What are you up? Oh man, how about uh, that little uh, Mark Andre Fleury staying on his head last night? Well, look, he's been great all year for them, man. I, I'm no, not. Let me tell you, he something. had a Pittsburgh clunker in the first kicking. game, but that's it. Go ahead. Pittsburgh's got to be kicking himself in the head right now. Yeah, Pittsburgh's right? done all right for themselves. Yeah, they they've done all right, but yeah, I hear you. Yeah, they did good, you know. But you know what? They gave up the, the 
Guy won two Stanley Cups for him, and look at him now. He's going back to another one. I mean, look, credit to what Vegas's front office has been able to do. I mean, this is nothing short of an absolute miracle. I mean, it's incredible. They Between Neil and Flurry and some of the other guys that they've acquired, and, and, and it's amazing. Oh, absolutely. And they're, they're playing – it's, it's unbelievable. I actually thought that this was like the first team that actually went to the, to the finals since uh, Carolina Panthers did it, their expansion team. Yeah, no, and I got and B, thanks, man. I I gotta think if you're a Flyers fan, like you're saying to yourself, man, how are they able to put this thing together so quickly? And you know, you still have that hurdle of getting past Pittsburgh. Not not to mention Tampa and Washington, et cetera, all these teams in the East. But Pittsburgh in your own backyard, you know, do they have enough? And are they going to have enough when they, if in fact they finally get the goalie? And it's a big if because we've been waiting for that goalie really since Hextall was a player the first time around. Because there are some pieces, certainly. Provorov, no doubt. I mean, he's an absolute monster. Giroux with an incredible bounce back season moving to the wing. Couturier, not only a great season, but, but you know, you won't find someone who plays with more heart. So there's some pieces there. And I, the, the way Patrick closed the season has got to make you feel really good. But do they have enough to be in this kind of discussion with these teams that we're talking about now? Mitch in East Windsor. Mitch, you're on 94 WIP. Hey, Rob. How you been? Mitch, good, man. How you doing? Good. Good. I hope your daughter does well in the track meet. Thank you. Know? you. Thank uh, you. She, she's in high school? Grade school. Grade school, yeah. Oh, grade school. Okay, well, down the road, you don't think about that scholarship. Amen. Ooh, incentive there. Get that carrot. Chase that carrot. That's what I said. I said, I don't care how, how hard it's raining out there. Dad can't pay for college. Let's go. <laughs> it's unbelievable as well. I think it's uh, the Northwest is coming to the east. Yeah, east. man. It, it's this is like Seattle uh, on the east side of the Mississippi. Pretty insane. Um, incredible. Pretty insane. Well, well, of course, it's sunny where the, the Royal Wedding is. Now, if you notice, if you've seen any shots. Hey, you're, are you a Royal Wedding guy, Mitch? Is this, are you into this? No, no. I slept. I need my beauty sleep. I know. I've, I've heard that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I got two weeks off. I'm driving down to see the Nats and the Dodgers today. Uh, what I want to talk about, uh, who you think Phoenix will take? This is guy from Europe, uh, Luca. Yeah, John Luca. Yep. Um, they got some three fours. You know, they were doing like the sixes, uh, driving these big guys. But th- those guys, which Phoenix haven't really paid out, uh, Bender, Chris, and well, Len. It, it, they well, haven't. If you get the right guy, they have. I mean, a lot of people said the six. You know, why are the Sixers taking a big? The the, the game's transitioning away from that, and Embiid's a monster. You know, if you get the yeah, right guy, look, you're fine. Right, but they they have a great guy in Booker, like we like the Sixers got Simmons and 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 um. Right, I mean you could couple him. Out. You could couple him with a big like Aiton. I mean they could do that. They they probably should. I, I would think their best would do would would, would, would be the safer pick would be uh, uh DeAndre Aiton. And who do you think the Sixers get? I want to see the Sixers just get someone that's going to be available, not to be traded, not to have a sabbatical, medical sabbatical. Then they'll be available. They'll be picking ten yeah. at worst. If they well, yeah, ten. If they're sitting there at ten, thanks, Mitch. If they're sitting there at ten, I, I would love to see Michael Bridges be there, Villanova kid, for a number of reasons. And it's not just the local angle. If you look at his game, I think his game lends itself to the NBA. He's incredibly athletic. He can guard virtually anybody from a one to a four. If you look at his three point shooting from his freshman year to his junior year, which was last year. I mean, really dramatically improved. He can put it on the floor. He can finish around the basket. And he's a, he's got an unbelievably high basketball IQ. 
I think he'd be a home run, and I think he could be there. I really do. That ideally, I'd like to see Michael Michael Bridges be here. Eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four pound nine four nine four is how you reach us. We'll continue with that discussion. I, I will share you the uh, the Super Bowl thought as well when we get back. But we've got a couple things going. Phillies, have you changed your stance on Gabe Kapler? The Eagles playing the underdog, the disrespect card once again, and the Sixers needing much, much more ammo, plus things I just don't get like the Royal Wedding. I am Rob Ellis. We'll continue with your phone calls. I got you until 10, 94 WIP. Welcome back. Yes, 9 o'clock hour. Rob Ellis sitting in for Howard Eskin, 94 WIP. I am happy to be back. Hanging out with my man Phil Jackson. Producing the show. We're taking you up till 10 o'clock. Glenn Macdow, Ray Dinger from Delaware Park. They took the uh, the ARC down there. They're good to go. Always awesome listening to those guys. All right, so I got to share this story with you. So I'm, I'm, at, I'm out with some friends last night. And having a couple drinks before we go to dinner. And I see a buddy of mine who's bartending. I'm talking to him for a minute. He says, uh, hey, what uh, what did you do on, on Super Bowl Sunday? I said, I was working. I was doing uh, pre- and post-game stuff for NBC Sports Philadelphia. And he was over, I think, his brother's house or a friend's house. And he said, let me ask you, how did you feel when you, when you woke up that day? It's my buddy Finn. And I said, I had the strangest, calm feeling about the Eagles winning that I've ever had. I'm usually the worry wart, worst case scenario, this can go wrong, never count your, 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 your chickens and your, and your egg before they're hatched and all that kind of stuff. I, I'm that guy, right? I'll, I'll give a prediction, certainly and tell you what I think is going to happen. But in the back of my mind, in that kind of game, it's never over until it's over. And I always go in, you know, a little trepidatious, if you will. But that morning, I swear to you, and, I, and, and it's documented proof, I said it on the air. I woke up with a feeling like, this is going to be fine, the Eagles have this. Which is crazy when you think about it. It's New England. It's Tom Brady. It's, you know, the evil empire. The Eagles are playing with a backup quarterback. All those, it didn't matter. None of it mattered. But I had that feeling. My friend Finn had that feeling. I've talked to countless people. And they're not BSing me. Because they say, I I can't believe I felt that way. I've never felt that way before. You're always going to have the people, oh, Eagles are going to win no matter what. But that, I, I, it was a really strange thing. And I haven't had it since. And I'm not sure I'll ever have it again. But for whatever reason, man, that day, it was unbelievable. And it was a good way to go into a game because it was such a long day. I did a five-hour pregame show. Right? So I'm up early, ready to go, like everybody was. I don't think anybody could sleep that morning. But it's such a long build-up to the game, to 6.34 or whatever time kickoff was. And it was nice not to drive yourself nuts because I didn't that day because I felt like the Eagles had it. It was it was uh, it was pretty good. So we're, I I I wonder if people had that feeling that day. And be honest with me. 
We're talking about that. We're talking some Phillies, some Eagles as well. And speaking of Eagles, playing the, the disrespect card again. How often can you use that? And let me just say one other thing on this, and we'll get back to the phones. As far as the White House visit goes, for me, it's pretty simple. And it's pretty cut and dry. And, and I think Malcolm Jenkins explained it very well. He's not going, but he said there won't be any pressure, any ill will, any issues with any guys who want to go. And I think it's that simple when you break this thing down. If you want to go, go. If you don't, don't. That's your right. That's it. That's all there is to it. You know, I don't think we need to dig deeper into it. Like, I get it. It's the highest, you know, call, if you will, and something that most Americans would look at and love to be a part of. But not everybody feels the same way. Not everybody's experienced the same things in their life. Not everybody has the same beliefs. And I will say this about a guy like Malcolm Jenkins and Chris Long. They talk to people. They talk to people in the community. They talk to people who were in charge. They talk to the police. They talk to community leaders. They talk to politicians. So it's not like, and I'm talking about the guys who probably aren't going to go. It's not like they just stick their head in the sand and say, I don't want to be a part of this thing. And for whatever, whichever players want to go, the coach wants to go, the owner wants to go, good for them. They shouldn't take any heat either. But to me, it's very simple. You want to go, you go. If you don't, you don't. That's it. Let's go to Bob in Upper Darby. Bob, you're on 94 WIP. Hello, Rob. Good to hear from you, buddy. How you doing? Bob, how are you? Uh, terrific. I just wanted to ask you uh, about the uh, Sixers Celtics they're making the uh, playoffs there. Just your opinion. Do you think the rivalry is back? Because uh, uh, we weren't around for the days of the Will Chamberlain and Bill Ross player, but we grew up in the Jubilee serving Dr. Uh, Jay Aaron. And I just wanted to ask you, with these two young teams, do you think the Sixers Celtics rivalry is back? I like do. It was before? Bob, I do. I, now, I, I, we can't compare it yet to the Wilt Russell days, to the Doc Bird days, because these teams need to do it for a sustained period of time. But. Mm-hmm. It has the makings of being. I think they have the, with the. Here's the way I think. That, I think it's unraveling big time in Toronto. I think Cleveland. Mm-hmm. This is the last hurrah here for Cleveland, which really clears the way for Boston and Philly to be the two premier teams in the East. And and the Sixers need to make some moves in this off season. They need some help. And I and I'll get into what I think they need to give up to get a say a Kawhi Leonard if they have to make a trade. But I I do think that the rivalry is back, and I think that. We're going to see this for a long time to come because both teams are young. I'm about to ask you, of course, would you be all right to say the Sixers, like you said, if they trade for Kawhi Leonard or possibly get LeBron James, if you had your choice, who would you rather have right now? All right, Bob, you got it. Thank you, brother. Um, look, if I can get LeBron without having to give anything up off of my roster, that's what I would do. Now, there's advantages, disadvantages. I, I think, you know, obviously he's a little bit older. It's probably going to be short-term. He doesn't sign anything long-term at this point in his career. That way he can get out of situations that they aren't great. So there's a little uncertainty there if it's a year or two deal. Kawhi, it's a different story. Now, you have to give something up. Kawhi's got one more year left on his contract. So you better be sure that you can lock him up, number one. Number two, you better be sure he's healthy. 
It was a very strange situation in, in San Antonio because you rarely ever see any kind of discord. And you get a sense that there's some real issues there between he and Popovich in the front office. And I don't know what the motives are. It may be as simple as he's not healthy. It may be that he just is trying to force his way out of there. Now, is he trying to get to L.A. where he's from? Is he trying to get to a bigger market? I don't know what the appeal would be in New York. Porzingis isn't going to play next year. The owner's a moron. They've had a million coaches. So I don't, I don't get it. I get the marketing and it's New York and all that. But if you're just talking about from a basketball standpoint, why anybody would want to go there is beyond me. So Philadelphia would make some sense. He's a guy who can play off the ball. He's a phenomenal defender. He's made himself into a much better jump shooter. He's a quality player. What you'd have to give up, you'd probably have to give up a package of Fultz, Sharch, Picks. I mean, it would take a lot to get him. Now, if he forces his hand and says he wants out of there, and that, that kind of leaks like it did with Kyrie, maybe there's less leverage for San Antonio. But I think both guys would be great fits here. I also understand why, why Brian Colangelo came out and said, hey, look, you know, we could go all in in 19 as opposed to this year. You say that knowing that LeBron could opt back in, that Kawhi maybe stays one more year in San Antonio, and then you look around to the other guys who are going to be free agents. You know, it's not a, ga- a given or a guarantee you can get them. I think George is headed to L.A. I think Paul George wants away from Russell Westbrook and I think he wants to play, and he's another L.A. guy, I think he wants to play in Los Angeles. So I think he ends up with the Lakers. That's why when we have these discussions, I don't bring him up as much. But I, I, to me, if I'm the Sixers, I'm looking at that Boston team with what they have now and what they're going to have when Kyrie and Hayward get back to go along with, as much as I hate to say this, Danny Ainge, who rarely ever makes a mistake, and Brad Stevens, you got to get better. You're not there right now. Leon in Chester. Leon, you're on 94 WIP. Yeah, Rob, I have a quick question, a good comment about the uh, the Eagles not wanting to go, like Malcolm Jenkins and um, Chris Long. Yeah. Now, me, my, me, myself, Rob, I definitely would go under one condition. And I, and I think Malcolm and Chris are looking at it. I I'm not saying that they're wrong, but they should go. They are two guys who speak very well. They're highly intelligent. And they should ask for a sit-down with President Trump. You can't blow something like this off, man. They're the voice of the people. And you can't run away from ignorance. You have to be able to look ignorance in the face. Those guys need to go. You need to ask for a meeting, um, a sit-down. You know, do all the, uh, the picture, stuff, picture stuff and picture shaking. That's fine. But then after that is over, or even before, President Trump should be, he should allow them to sit down with him for at least 10 or 15 minutes to discuss what's going on. And I really, I really would like Malcolm and Chris and whoever else doesn't want to go, they should rethink that and go. Leon, I, reason, I, I think you make a good point. Here's the one thing that I'll say to that. And, and again, I'm saying this out of I don't know, okay? Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know if they approached the president or, you, you know, somebody in the White House about getting some FaceTime with them, having to right. sit down with them and trying to discuss some, some of the, the issues. Certainly, I don't know. Now, the only thing I would say to that is if they did mm-hmm. attempt that and that got mm-hmm. shot down, then that could possibly be a reason why you don't go. Well, I just think I, we, I just I think we need to ha- leave that that avenue open and and I didn't I haven't heard if Malcolm right. has commented on that or not. 
Right. Well, that'll be that'll be my only concern. You know, if if they can get a sit down with President Trump, like I said, they are the voice of the people. They 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 speak for us, Malcolm and Chris and the, the rest of the guys. You know, I can't I can't sit with down President yeah, Trump I hear and talk you. about what's going on, and neither can you. I'm, I get maybe you can. I don't know. But no, I, I don't have my, those kind of connections, Leon. Yeah. That's my comment, and welcome back, Rob. Thank you, brother. All right, man, good talking to you. Yeah, and that's the thing. As I mentioned, you know, Chris and Malcolm, and and not just those guys, Torrey Smith when he was here, there are other players on the Eagles, I'm just, you know, not mentioning every single one of them, have made it a point to speak with police, have made it a point to speak with community leaders, et cetera. They're always open to dialogue, and I would think that there would have been an attempt to maybe have a sit-down with the president? I don't know. That's just me speculating, strictly. And I wonder if there, that wasn't something that was maybe attempted and it didn't happen, and maybe that led to, for, for another reason or whatever the case may be, for them not wanting to go. But, I, you know, I, I think it's a lot like the taking a knee thing. I get where people don't like it. I wouldn't do it. I, w- I, would, I honor our national anthem. But it is your right not to, not to stand. Not everybody has experienced the same things in their lives. And you're affected in different ways. And I think Malcolm has handled it in a way where he's been always communicative of why he's doing it. You know, again, not kneeling but the, with the fist. And always was a guy who was willing to talk to people about it and tell you why. Again, you don't have to like it, but it's his right to do that. So that, that's where I stand on the on the White House situation. But, you know, I, I think, you know, you look at a couple things, and Bob brings up the Sixers-The Celtics rivalry. I love that that's back, and I, and I do think it's back. We, you know, we got we to let it play out a little bit over the, couple, over the course of, you know, a couple more years here before we start even mentioning it in the same breath. But to have a rivalry, teams have to be on pretty equal footing, right? Now, certainly Boston had more championships during the Wilde era, no question. More championships during the Doc era. Boston's won those two, if you want to look at it that way. But they were neck and neck every year. They were in the Eastern Conference Finals, it felt like, every single year. Sixers winning at 83. But you look at it now, and I think we all way underestimated this Boston team. Way underestimated them. They're really good, and the Sixers need more. There were things exposed. Some of that was just a, being a young team. Some, was that, some of that was just chalk it up to youth in a lot of ways. And they'll learn from that, and I think they'll get better from that. But that can't be your sole excuse. Jason Tatum is a rookie. Rozier's young. Brown's young. Brad Stevens is a young coach. So it's not as simple, it's not as black and white as, ah, they're young, Sixers are young, they're going to be fine. No, it goes beyond that. They need to get better. They need more talent. Simmons and Bede, yes. Charge if he stays here, yes. Fultz, we'll see. I don't know. Again, I mentioned this earlier. A lot of this is going to ride on his development and whether or not he's ready to play and wants to play. But I think the Sixers team, there's clearly, there was an unbelievable amount of growth from 28 wins to 52 wins. It's nothing short of remarkable. 
And the fact that you had Embiid on the floor basically the whole year for the most part, except for a fluky facial injury, as long as it wasn't his knee, his back, his foot, that's a huge sign. The fact that Simmons, in his first year playing on the floor, did the things that he did is a huge sign. And the other thing I think that's really important to note with these guys in particular, I think it's going to be a, an offseason where that Boston series really resonates and drives home some of the things that they have to do. I want to see him be dropped 10 to 15 pounds. I want to see him work on his post game. Stop falling in love with the three as much. Work on his post game. That's really important. Because we saw it against Horford. He had some problems, despite the fact that he's bigger than Horford. He's got to use his left hand a little bit more, finish around the rim with his left a little bit more. Simmons, it's obvious. We all know what needs to take place here. I'm not talking about becoming J.J. Redick from three. I'm talking about consistently knocking down a 12 to 15 footer. That's all I'm asking next year. Or at least being a viable threat where they're going to come out on you, not just pack it in. That's areas they need to improve on. Fultz, check every box. But the one you need to start with is where he's at upstairs, where he's at mentally. If you're ready to be an NBA player, you took the money, you came out of school, you better be ready. They need you to be ready. And if you're willing to commit from that standpoint, you need to get better with your game. It can't be that spin move every time that worked at DeMatha and worked at Washington. It's not going to work in the NBA. you got to diversify your game. He shot 41% from three in college, in his lone year in college. So it's there if he can refine that shot. And he's got to be another one that's willing to pull the trigger. You can't have two guys on the floor. If Simmons and Fultz are on the floor together, you can't have two guys unwilling to shoot from the outside in this day and age. You just can't do it. Now, Simmons can get away with it more because how big, because of how big he is and his sheer brute force and athleticism. Fultz at 6'4", may have the wingspan, but that shot's going to get blocked if they know he's trying to take it to the rack every single time. He's got to get better in that sense. So we'll continue to kick around the Sixers and the need for more talent. They have to get more talent in here if they want to get past Boston. And the Eagles, look, maybe I'm the only one. I know a lot of folks love what Lane Johnson did, Jason Kelsey did. All I'm saying is, keep playing that disrespect card. I wonder how much it continues to work. I think the greatest thing the Eagles have going for them is the fact that you had Carson Wentz, Jason Peters, Jordan Hicks, Darren Sproles all miss the postseason and the Super Bowl and that that taste. Yeah, they'll have rings. Yeah, they're a part of that team, huge parts of that team. But they weren't out there on the field. I think that's the ultimate motivator for this Eagles team. So we'll talk about that. And just with the royal wedding insanity, which I don't get, I've never gotten. Things that you don't get. 888-729-9494. Come back. Bill will be uh, first up when we get back. I am Rob Ellis, 94 WIP. So we've now had Sesame Street and the Brady Bunch for our return music. Phil Jackson's on fire today. He's in rare form. And then who's on lead vocals there? Cindy? Yeah? Phil's a big Cindy guy. 
We knew that. Welcome back, everybody. Rob Ells with you on this. Yeah, it's a mess, okay? I think we all understand what's going on here. The, the strange thing is we haven't really had a respite in this. It's been like, It feels like it's been about a month like this from a rain standpoint, but it's looking like Monday's going to be okay. I'm, I'm looking a little a little bit ahead. My phone isn't always the most reliable app here, but it looks like Monday's going to be okay. Rain again Tuesday, and then we're all right after that, at least until <laughs> Sunday. So you get a little bit of a, a nice day on Saturday for Memorial Day weekend, which is crazy that that's next week. Anyway, Phillies play today. They lost last night. Zach Eflin on the hill. John Gant for St. Louis. St. Louis is minus 126. The over-under is 9. I bring that up because this week was kind of a game-changer from a sports betting standpoint, where it's looking like the reality of more than just Vegas, more than just parlays in Delaware. It's going to become legal in all likelihood across the country here in Pennsylvania in particularly. And I guess I'll just throw this out there for the last half hour of the show. How much will it change your gambling habits? Because I got to tell you, like a lot of my, my friends who are regular bettors and gamblers, I don't know if it changes a whole lot for them. They're just going to continue to use their, you know, their neighborhood guy. I don't know if they're going to go to the brick-and-mortar place, the casino. I think the app will will be a game-changer, which is going to come through eventually. Because then you don't even have to pick up the phone and make a call. But I don't think the gambling, the legalized betting, means an end to the bookie. I wonder how much legalized betting will change people's habits. Will you start now if you weren't a gambler? Will you do it differently if you already were a gambler? I'm, I'm very interested to, to sort of gauge people on that. But Phillies today, 215 in St. Louis. See if they can bounce back from last night's loss. Let's go to Bill in Limerick. Bill, you're on 94 WIP. Morning, Rob. Great to hear you. Bill, how you doing, my man? Awesome, thanks. Hey, I got a, uh, a prescription for Embiid in the offseason, then I want to connect it to LeBron. Okay. Um, the fact that he's a finalist for Defensive Player of the Year, I think, is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, I think he can be much better. And with that said, my prescription for him is to get in the film room and watch nothing but the Kembe Mutombo and Akeem Olajuwon. A couple things that I, I mean, granted I'm not an NBA coach, but defensively when he gets down to the he leaves his feet way too much. He does. And, and, he, and he chases. He chases too much, yes, too. Yes, he chases and he leaves his feet. And if yep. you watch the Kembe, he was just a stud at that. His timing was impeccable. Uh, and I, I think he can learn a lot. And then, obviously, offensively from Akeem, yeah. um, it, it's a no-brainer. I think offensively, I think he forces his shot sometimes too much. Yeah, um, yeah. Now, and you know what, Bill? I, I, you're right. But I'll give him a bit of a pass sometimes. Sometimes it's out of necessity where nobody else is doing anything and the shot clock's right. running down. So I, yeah, and he, I, yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah. But the thing is, and now connect all that, come full circle with LeBron. LeBron's played a long time in the NBA. He has never played with a big man that is of a high-caliber big man like a Joel Embiid. Right. And I think that could be quite the, quite the connection to see how his game, LeBron's game, not saying it necessarily means the best player in the world right now. Uh, I do like your point that you mentioned earlier that he's getting a little bit later in his career. 
But I think that would be perfect for him to be able to end his career playing with a big man because he's never had that before. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to be, that's only going to improve, open up things more for, for LeBron, if that's even possible. No, I hear Uh, you. I hear you. And and that's why that's the direction I'd like to see them go. Um, Little there's, there are some things that make me nervous about it. I don't have enough time to go into those things, but that's why I'm trying to stick to the positives. Well, I mean, look, Bill, you make some good points and and, and thanks, man. Have have a good Saturday. Appreciate it. what you're going to have to – there's going to have to be some concessions made by all parties if LeBron comes here. There's going to have to be, to an extent, a, a checking of the egos at the door. Is, is Joel willing to do that? Is Ben willing to do that? Is LeBron willing to do that? You know, this isn't – if LeBron came here, it wouldn't be a situation where it's analogous to J.R. Smith and Tristan Thompson. There's no comparison there with the ability, with the star power of Embiid and Simmons. So, you know, some of that spotlight, that shine has to go to those guys. You know, and then vice versa, the younger guys who are used to being the man are going to have to take a little bit of a backseat at least. I mean, there's no denying the personality, the aura that LeBron James brings to the table. There's just there, there's no way around it. You're playing second fiddle if he's here. Are you willing to do that? And these are conversations that have to be had. This, you don't just do this without consulting. I think it's just a smart way to go and get a sense for it. But back to Bill's point real quick, when it comes to things that Joel can observe in this offseason or, or work on. I think he's right about the defensive part of it. One of the reasons why he does get out of position sometimes in chase is because he's so athletic. Dikembe wasn't that athletic. Now, Hakeem was insanely athletic. I would love for Embiid to either work with or just sit down and break down tape of Elijah Wan's offensive game. Now, you're not going to... That took years. And Elijah Wan, when he was young, worked with Moses Malone on his footwork, on his fadeaway. And then, of course, Hakeem took it to a different level with the dream shake and whatnot. But I would love to see Joel really, really adapt or adopt some of that, some of the offensive moves. And look, there's so much good here. Yeah, and, and we're making it sound like he wasn't an incredible force, which he was. But again, you're looking to improve your game. Let's go to Greg in Mount Airy. Let's talk a little bit about sports gambling. Greg, you're on 94 WIP. Hey, what's up, man? What's up, Greg? I was just calling. I'm a regular gambler, and uh, I got a bookie. I got guys that I go see at local bodegas. I really don't think it's going to change much as far as the bookies, because just like you said, we all creatures of habit. What I do think will impact the bookies is when you can do it from your cell phone device, because after that, it's yep. just convenient. Yeah, I agree and with people you. Pay for, it's strictly a convenience thing, you know, mm-hmm. like. People don't care where they get their cereal from. They just want the cereal, you know? Yeah. No, that's why I said so, the, the app, Greg, is a game changer. Is that That's where it could hurt the bookie, right? Until the app is put into play. But I just don't think if you can pick up the phone and call your guy who you've known forever, right, are you going to do that or are you going to drive to the casino? You know, there's there an inconvenience there for wherever. I'm just giving you an example of, the, you know, the casino. I, I think you still call that, your guy. But one advantage the casino do have is a huge payout because 
if you win twenty thousand dollars, you're a little bit more reluctant to go see your guy around the corner than you would the the casino. You know? I, no, that's <laughs> that's the difference. The difference is the immediacy, and it's and it's it's a given that you're going to get your money. You crush right. the you crush the local guy. There could be problems, <laughs> and, and you know, and, and vice versa. Here's the other thing: you, you, the the positive is you build up a line of credit with your guy. Where if you're having a tough week, he may let you slide or whatever. You know what I'm saying? You're paying up front to the casino. It's a little bit of a different story. There's the credit thing, and we could get into you know leg breaking or the guy just shutting you down, and you're not going to get any more bets off with him, et cetera. We could go through that whole scenario, but there's advantages and disadvantages. I think to each side. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you got it, Greg. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. All right, you got it. Let's go to John. John and Gladwin, you're on 94 WIP. Hey, how you doing today? Hey, John, how are you? All right, I got a couple comments. Um, one on the uh, Jenkins and the president, and the other is on the gambling. Yeah. Regarding Jenkins and the president, uh, I don't think people are dealing with reality. He doesn't listen to his own Secretary of State, National Security Advisor, his White House as a revolving door. I, I don't see why people would think that he's going to listen to what they have to say. Actually, he should be call, he called them SOBs. He should be calling them, apologizing, and asking them to sit down with him, in my opinion. Yeah, I hear you. Okay, and and well, I don't want to turn this into a whole political right, thing, okay. John, but, but well, uh, no, hang on, hang on. I'll let you get your point out. But, but I, I hear you in that sense, and that's why I introduced the angle of maybe there was a conversation sought out, and maybe it didn't happen. I don't know. But anyway, go ahead. The other thing on the gambling, the good thing about it is you have to put the money up front, so you can't get yourself in trouble that way. The other thing is I'm guessing that it would be just like horse racing. You could have an account, yeah. and you have money in the account, and you could phone the bet in. Yeah, it could be. It could, yeah, absolutely. Would that would be a smart way go to go. That route. Yeah, that would be a very smart way to go from, from a convenience standpoint. I would be willing to bet that they probably will do that. I yeah. don't see why they wouldn't. I don't see why they wouldn't either. I mean, there, look, there's so many ways to, that you can take advantage of this, and it, it, you know, it's going to be interesting – and thinking about this all week, some of the some of the different things that are going to have to change. Injury disclosure. You know, the NFL is pretty good with it, sort of laying it out and whatnot. But we know other sports want to give you the upper body, lower body nonsense. And I just wonder if there's any more pressure put on leagues and teams. You know, for example, hockey. Oh, he's got an upper body injury. That could be anything from your head to your shoulder to your arm. If they're going to have to get a little bit more specific if people are, you know, wagering on these games. I do wonder yeah. how that plays out. Right, and the other thing, like you pointed out, you're going to get paid. Yeah, you're going to get paid, and and, and whereas you could you could really run up a, a, you could get lucky and get on a roll, and all of a sudden your guy isn't equipped to pay you that kind of money. Yeah, if you whereas, win a thousand bucks, you could drive to the casino later that day and get your money. Yeah, right, exactly. John, thanks, man. All right, have a good day. All right, you got it, and and then give it all back at the tables. <laughs> I mean, that's the other thing that's going to come out of this. It's inevitable, right? Is people are going to. Go over their head. Go beyond their means. I mean, but that's like anything. I mean, you see the people who play the lottery every day, ridiculous amounts, probably can't afford it, but they do it anyway. You see people at the casinos, whether it's sitting there at the slots or, uh, you know, playing craps, whatever it is, who don't have it. You're going to have the same issues here with sports gambling. But the fact that it took this long, that it was only deemed legal 
in Vegas was ridiculous. It's absurd. I, for one, am happy that people have the option if they want to do it. You know, you have Glenn and Ray down at Delaware Park, and, you know, they have the parlay betting on the NFL games. The minimum was three teams. You had to do at least a three-team parlay. You could go higher, but your odds decrease. But the fact that you couldn't just go in there and bet the Eagles minus three for $50, but you could could do a three-team parlay, it just never made sense to me, and I think it's about time they, they, they wised up and somebody finally came to their senses here to pass this thing. 888-729-9494, pound 9494 on your AT&T and Verizon. We'll continue. We've got a lot on the table right now. Phillies, Eagles, Sixers, gambling habits. Will your gambling habits change now? Will you start betting if you weren't a better because you can do it legally? We're taking you up till 10. I am Rob Ellis, 94 WIP. Yes, welcome back, everybody. Rob Ellis, 94 WIP. Two hours of power, man. It flies by. We got to the top of the hour. Last segment here. Phil's trying to keep our spirits up with some Beach Boys, some Brady Bunch, some Sesame Street, Katrina and the Waves. Welcome back, Cotter. It's been an eclectic mix today, that's for sure, out of our producer, Phil Jackson. Hey, I did want to point out a, a, a positive out of a tragedy or, or, or just – Give some props. You know, obviously we all know what took place in Santa Fe and that, that just absolute, it's just sickening what went down and the tragic lives lost. But I, but I did want to point this out. JJ Watt is a guy who clearly, and we talked about Eagles players who were in, in the same vein, but JJ Watt is a guy who clearly is about helping others. He has stepped up and he is going to pay for the funeral arrangements for all the students and the adults who lost their lives in the uh, in the Santa Fe Mexico or Santa Fe Texas um, shooting high school shooting, this is the same JJ Watt who raised more than thirty seven million dollars for Hurricane Harvey relief. So you talk about a guy who is about others and is about paying it forward and doing for others in their community. It's J.J. Watts. I, I think, you know, where we look at a lot of negative stuff here when it comes to sports, and I just wanted to give him his props. By the way, Ed Banken points out, Ed doing our updates today, points out today is the anniversary, May 19th, 1974, of the first Flyers-Stanley Cup. You think about that, 44 years ago. And they haven't won one in 43 years. And I was at an event Thursday, race for recovery event. I was, the, the folks had me out there kind enough to MC it with Dave Schultz. And Dave, you know, doing what Dave always does, working the room, funny, engaging, the whole thing. But he was also answering, you know, sort of a Q&A on, with some Flyers questions from back in the day. And I just, I'm just sitting there thinking, I'm like, man, it's been 43 years since they won. You know, we always did the, Who's going to be the next team to win leading up to when the Eagles won the Super Bowl in February? But it was who's, who's going to be next? Well, obviously, we know who was next after the Phillies. And if you had to guess right now, is it more likely that the Eagles repeat? That the Sixers win one? That the Flyers win one or the Phillies win one? Knowing how hard it is to repeat in that in the NFL. I mean, the last team to repeat was the Patriots back in the early 
to mid-2000s? It's an interesting question. I mean, the Phillies are better than we thought they were going to be, but are they really World Series worthy? We saw the, the, the growth from the Sixers, but we also see some of the shortcomings, and we also see, you know, what Boston's all about. Not to mention Golden State and Houston, if you have to meet them. And then the Flyers, the question is, yeah, there's some good young players here. Like we talked about earlier, Provorov and Patrick. Couturier's still young, even though it seems like he's been around forever. Konechny. But by the time Hart's ready to go in goal, what's Giroux going to look like at that point? And some of the other Flyers. It's an amazing. And I think Jory's still out on the coach as well. And do you have the right person in place? I think Brett Brown is the right person in place. Doug Peterson, clearly the right person in place. And I think Kapler's done a hell of a job. And I started the show off talking about this. You know, people who were hammering him early, if you haven't changed your stance, you haven't been watching the job that he's done. I mean, it's not just analytics. Yes, it's out of the box a little bit. Yes, there are some things that will drive you crazy. Yes, when he starts a post-game press conference off after a loss, lauding, you know, a bullpen or a Pedro Florimont, yeah, some of that stuff will drive you crazy. But if you really get past what I think is the periphery and the window dressing and you look at the job that he's done, there's no denying how good this team and how much this team has really played above their means in some ways. And now all of a sudden, the question is, what happens late July? What kind of move? Now, the Machado stuff is absurd. Machado is not, in my opinion, would prefer to play this year out in Baltimore and go. Baltimore wants to get something for him, but, you know, it takes two to tango here. But I think they can be real players for him, or Harper, for that matter. They're 25-17 and right now. They're just a half game out in the East. And I'm not scoreboard watching or standings watching this early. But just to put it in perspective of where they are from a record standpoint, it's pretty impressive, man. It's damn impressive, as a matter of fact, what they've been able to do this season. The only teams ahead of them record-wise are the Yankees, Red Sox, Astros, Braves, and Brewers. That's it. Then it's the Phillies. You know, they're, they're playing almost 596 ball. And you got Eflin going today in St. Louis. We'll see if they can bounce back. They won Thursday, lost last night. Arietta just didn't have it. Really struggled. Maybe something had something to do with the rain delay, et cetera. Who knows? But things are good. <laughs> things are, Despite the weather out, things are good in the city. And there's interest. And there's really salient things that you can look at for each of these teams, not just hoping and wishing and praying this thing gets better. Yeah, I think the Sixers are close. I think there are some development and a couple right off-season moves from being right there. We know the Eagles are right there. And if, again, if the bottom of this rotation holds up, the Phillies are going to be tough. Because you have a stud in Herrera. You have a guy who I think is going to get much better as the season goes on in Hoskins. It's been kind of a disappointing start for him. But you're starting to get productivity out of first base, big time, in Santana. Alfaro has really, I know he twisted his knee last night, 
and he may not play today, but he's really taken the reins as the number one catcher. And Franco's had a better year than I think most thought he was going to have. He's cut down on the strikeouts a little bit. He's not pulling out the way that he was. He's hitting balls the other way. These are all good signs. You know, Kingery hasn't hit. Hoskins has been cold. And you haven't gotten a ton out of right field. So I think things are looking good from a Philly standpoint. And again, you know what? Credit the, the front office, Matt Klintak. Credit he and McPhail for bringing in Gabe Kapler. It's worked so far. Now, it's interesting from an Eagles standpoint, and we talked a little bit about this sort of playing the, the underdog, the disrespect card. But I get back to what I talked about earlier with them. I think you can avoid complacency or any kind of letdown or any kind of Super Bowl hangover because of the injuries that they had. It was incredible they were able to overcome that last year. But I think it plays in their favor going into this season with the caliber of guys. We're not talking about just backups here. Your quarterback, your left tackle, and your starting middle linebacker, just to name three, all had that hunger because, yeah, they won it, but they weren't on the field. They weren't the ones directly contributing once it was postseason time and, and the Super Bowl. That, to me, is the difference between the Eagles and some other teams in years past in terms of getting back there. Now, it's not going to be easy. You're the Hunnit, and it's always tough when you're the Hunnit. You're not sneaking up on anybody or any of those kind of things. Teams are well aware of what you bring to the table. But I think that can be a game changer, and that could be something that any player working alongside any of those guys sees how much they want it. And you heard, you know, I, I don't think this team lacks for motivation in general. But having them next to them, I think, could be a real, real difference. All right, it's been a lot of fun today, man. Appreciate it. Sat in for Howard today. Howard doing awesome things with the Eagles Autism Challenge. He is biking. I tweeted out the link if you want to check it out, at NBCS. You can see the link and how you donate and contribute to the Eagles Autism Challenge. But he is riding today along with his son, Spike. I think Spike's going to take this one, but we'll see how it, uh, how it plays itself out. But it's been a lot of fun. I want to thank Phil Jackson. Awesome hanging out with Phil, Ed Benkin with the updates. I'm back tomorrow, 8 p.m., 8 p.m. to 10. I'll be doing uh, Phillies pre and post today and tomorrow on the TV side on NBC Sports Philadelphia. You want to check me out there, but I'll be back here tomorrow at 8 p.m. Stay tuned. You have Glenn Mack now, Ray Dinger. They're coming to you live. Great, great show. You don't want to miss that. Coming to you live from Delaware Park. Everybody, have a great Saturday. Hope you stay out of the rain, and I'll talk to you soon. Rob Ellis signing out. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.